I start from page 46. Other methods of maintaining concentration. I will turn to methods which are not to required which are not the required conditions of prayer, nor has the Sharia prescribed them as components of prayer, but which can help maintain concentration in prayer. 11. If you are unable to concentrate, recite the words slowly. The human brain instantly recalls things which it has observed often, but it has difficulty in recalling things which it has rarely observed. If you see Tom every day, you will visualize him immediately when you think of him. But if you see him occasionally, his image will appear only after a little while, and that too not very clearly. Similarly, if you learn a language in childhood, images are formed immediately when words are uttered. When the words for water and bread are spoken, they quickly bring to mind real things which they represent. This is not the case with foreign languages. The mind visualizes the image after some time. When children learn English and speak a word like cat, it will seem to be no more than a word to them. But when the corresponding word is spoken in their own vernacular, their mind immediately forms the picture of a cat. Many non-Arab Muslims not familiar with Arabic cannot fully concentrate in prayers. Concentration requires that the meanings of the words be stored in their minds. Without it, they cannot recall the images instantaneously. They may be saying the fourth verse of Surah Al-Fatiha, Iyaka na'budu, thee alone do we worship, while their mind is still in the process of recalling the image of the second verse, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the gracious, the merciful. Hence, their concentration is affected and the benefit of the prayer is reduced. It is essential for those with poor command of Arabic to recite the words slowly. Until their mind forms a good picture of one phrase, they should not proceed to the next. They should say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in the name of Allah, most gracious, ever merciful, and try to form a good image of its true significance. They should not proceed to Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, all praise belongs to Allah, Lord of all the worlds, until the image of the previous phrase is vivid and clear. The same applies to the next phrase, Maliki Yawmiddin, Master of the Day of Judgment. Unless they get into the habit of such slow and deliberate recitation, the words on their lips would be different from the images in their, in their minds. Even those who understand Arabic will benefit from slow recitation. Although they will be able to recall the images quickly, hurried recitation will not allow time for the absorption of corresponding feelings in their hearts. They should also recite the Holy Quran slowly and punctuate it with frequent pauses. Slow recitation is a good habit not only in the reading of the Holy Quran but also in general when giving or receiving advice and admonitions. Once Hadrat Abu Hurairah was narrating a hadith quickly and loudly. Hadrat Aisha anha asked who it was and what he was doing. He told his name and added that he was narrating a saying of the Holy Prophet She asked, Is this the manner in which the Holy Prophet used to hold his discussions? He had no reply. The way of the Holy Prophet ﷺ is to use a deliberate manner not only in recitation but also in general conversation. Follow his way. It will eliminate the confusion between the words you speak and the images formed in your minds. It is an excellent way of maintaining concentration. 12. The twelfth method has been enjoined by the Holy Prophet ﷺ. He has instructed that the eyes must be focused on the place of prostration during prayers. 
Many people ignore this instruction. They close their eyes during prayers thinking that they would thereby achieve concentration. Not so. Concentration can only be achieved by keeping the eyes open. That is why the Holy Prophet ﷺ has advised us to keep our eyes open. In his book, Awariful Ma'arif, uh, Hadrat Sahabuddin Suherwardi says that during Ruku, the eye should be focused upon the space between the two feet. I agree with this suggestion. It is beneficial for the eyes and creates humility. There is great wisdom in fixing the sight at one point. It is a characteristic of human nature that when one of the senses is totally preoccupied, the other senses become disengaged. When the eyes concentrate fully, the faculty of hearing will not work. If someone calls you at the time, you will not hear his voice. Similarly, when the ears are preoccupied, the sense of smell will not function. But if none of the senses is preoccupied, different types of wandering thoughts will flood into the mind. If the eyes are totally preoccupied during prayer, the mind will no longer wander. This phenomenon has now been proven with experiments in physiology. But just think that the Holy Prophet ﷺ gave the instructions to keep the eyes open and fixed upon the place of prostration 1400 years ago, at a time when such scientific discoveries had not been made. Moreover, he identified the sense which must be totally preoccupied to save man from wandering thoughts. Senses of smell and hearing cannot achieve this objective because their action is often involuntary. Employing the sense of smell to achieve this objective requires that arrangements be made to obtain different types of perfumes. If people with different scents pass by, attention would be diverted. The same is the case with the sense of hearing. Nobody can control what he wants to hear and what he does not. If several sounds arise simultaneously, one is bound to hear them all. Indeed, in that case, none may be clearly heard. Thus, if you employ the sense of hearing, the ears will either hear all the sounds or none at all. In contrast to the senses of hearing and smelling, the sight can be controlled. A man can turn his eyes away from what he does not want to see and can focus his attention on what he wants to see. Under the commandment of God, the Holy Prophet ﷺ selected the sense of sight for achieving concentration in prayer. The Holy Prophet ﷺ has also directed that the place of prostration should be free from decoration and should be uniformly simple. When a Muslim focuses his height upon the place of prostration, the results would be very beneficial. His thoughts will concentrate upon worship by the continuous reminder of the prostration. His other senses, which as a rule can either be active or suppressed, will be totally suppressed. Since thoughts are prompted by external influences, which in turn are perceived through the senses, the fact that eyes have been put to work and the other senses are not fully operational will enable the person to concentrate on his prayer. Once, a decorated sheet was placed where the Holy Prophet ﷺ offered his prayer. He ordered it to be removed, pointing out that it affects concentration in prayer. His instruction was for the benefit of his followers. 13. As I mentioned earlier, Niyat, that is intention, is required at the beginning of prayer. It would also be helpful if, at the beginning of the prayer, you resolve not to let any stray thoughts distract your mind. Everybody knows that such thoughts are undesirable. But people are prone to forget and a reminder at the beginning of each prayer would surely help. 14. When following an imam, the recitations made by the imam will keep you awake and alert. The imam thus protects his followers. This, incidentally, shows how important it is to offer prayer behind an imam. 
When offering prayer alone, you should follow an excellent method applied by the Holy Prophet وسلم, his companions, and many pious Muslims. Some verses of the Holy Quran are particularly conducive of humbleness. Repeat them often. For instance, when reciting Surah Al-Fatiha, repeat the following verse. Thee alone do we worship, and thee alone we implore for help. Holy Quran chapter 1 verse 5. This would, this would put the soul to remorse. If it is lost in random thoughts, the soul will return to the act of worship, feeling that, since it is claiming to worship God alone, it should not wander around. 15. The next method is to help those who cannot hold their concentration for long, like infants unable to bear hunger or to hold food for long. They need frequent support. A useful technique for them is to concentrate on one posture at a time. When they stand for Qiyam, they should resolve not to let any thoughts disturb them up to the end of Ruku. Going into Ruku, they should make the same resolution for the time up to the end of Ruku. They should do the same at every change of posture. This will give them great strength to overpower any distracting thoughts. 16. If you succumb to other worldly thoughts, they will chase you. But if you confront your thoughts and resolve not to let them disturb you, they will stop. Offer a stiff resistance, therefore, to all such thoughts. Stop them immediately. For example, if during the prayer you think of your, si your sick child, stop thinking of it by telling yourself that the child is not going to get better by thinking about him, nor is he going to get worse if you do not think of him. Resolve, therefore, not to think of him. Continue this practice about every thought until you get a masterly command over them. 17. When you offer nawafil at home, Recite the words loud enough to hear them. Since the ears are not plugged, they continue to be partly functional. When you hear the words, your mind will be more inclined towards remembrance of God. This method should generally be practiced during the night. If you put the ears to use in prayers during the day, they will be distracted by all kinds of noise. 18. Fresh thoughts arise from new movements. The movements made during prayer are a part of the worship and, therefore, they do not give rise to extraneous thoughts. But if other movements are made, they will distract you from the prayer. The Holy Prophet wasallam has instructed that no unnecessary movement should be made during prayer. Movement does indeed disperse thoughts. If someone accidentally touches his coat, he may start thinking that the coat is very old and he needs a new one. Then he may start wondering where he will find the money. Then he may get absorbed in how meager his salary is, or how late the last payment was, or if he received it late due to the negligence of an officer, how bad his officer is. Then he may get lost into thoughts of how he is going to get even with his officer. Still absorbed in this chain of thoughts, he will hear them. He will hear the imam say, "Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah," and he will finish his prayer without having performed any real worship. The Holy Prophet ﷺ has forbidden all types of extraneous movements during prayer. Even if they are pebbles at the place of prostration, they should not be removed unless they cause unbearable pain, and that only once. In brief, all types of motion unrelated to prayer should be avoided. 19. Perform Qiyam, Rukur, and Sajda with alertness. When standing for Qiyam, do not pull all of the weight on one leg, leaving the other leg hanging loose. When you are slack yourself, the enemy can overpower you. Physical slackness leads to spiritual slackness. 20. The next method has been used to 
has been used to excess by some Sufis. I do not like to carry things to excess. Nonetheless, I will mention it. Used in moderation, it can be beneficial. Hadrat Junaid of Baghdad was a holy man of great standing. One of his followers was Shibli, a sincere and righteous man. Shibli used to, the, used to be the governor of a province. Once, when he was present in the court, when he was present in the court of the king, a tribal chief received a royal mantle in recognition of his services. The chief was suffering from cold. It so happened that right at the time when he was standing before the king, his nose started flowing. The king, the chief, had no handkerchief. When he thought the king was not looking, the chief wiped his nose with the royal robe. The king noticed it and was very angry. He felt that the royal dress had been disgraced. Shibli, who had fear of God in his heart, was so shocked by this incident that he fell unconscious. When he regained consciousness, he resigned from governorship. When asked, Shibli told the king, You gave a dress to a chief, and became so furious when he disgraced it. I have been granted so many blessings by God. How great will be his punishment if I do not thank him? Then he went to Hadrajunaid and asked him to be admitted as, his pu as, as a pupil. He said, I cannot accept you as a student. You have been a governor in that capacity and you have been cruel to so many people. Shibli pleaded, is there anything I can do? Junaid advised him to go to every house in his area to apologize and offer comp compensation for the wrongs he had committed. He did accordingly. The accounts of Shibli's life record that whenever he noticed any slackness or distracting thoughts while offering Nawafil, he used to beat himself with a stick till the stick would break. Then he would start again. In the beginning, he used to keep a bundle of sticks with him. What he did was excessive, and I believe that Islam does not permit carrying things to such extremes. However, since the matter is related entirely to his own self, I cannot hold him to criticism. There is a way of disciplining the self, which is not excessive. Whenever your thoughts are distracted, identify the portion, the portion which you were reciting when the thoughts started floating away. Then continue reciting that portion. The self will then realize that you are determined in your worship of God. This realization will eliminate further confusion in thoughts and you will achieve peace and concentration. 21. There is another great and useful technique, a characteristic of true believers, is that They shun all that is vain. Holy Quran chapter 23 verse 4. Those who are in the habit of entertaining vain and frivolous thoughts will be subjected to similar thoughts during prayer. If they train themselves not to think of such thoughts at all, they will be saved from the destruction of thoughts during prayer too. There are many who indulge in fables like the proverbial Sheikh Chilli of Iran. Such thoughts do them no good. The mind should not be permitted to indulge in thoughts which are conjectural and superficial. There is, of course, no harm in thinking of useful and beneficial things, particularly useless are thoughts of past things which cannot be changed. To worry about such things is indeed the height of foolishness. It should be obvious that human efforts focus towards whatever they are directed. If someone turns his mind towards futile thoughts, he loses the ability to focus on the useful. Therefore, stop your frivolous thoughts and turn your attention to beneficial ideas. If you do that, your mind will get into the habit of deliberating on the beneficial ideas. To think of other things while performing one task is frivolous, except in some cases. The mind of a person who has trained it to focus on the useful will not think of other things during prayer. 22. The next technique is very useful. It takes spirituality to its zenith. 
The Holy Prophet ﷺ was once asked, What is Ihsan? That is goodness. He responded, Pray to Allah as if you are seeing him, but as a minimum, be aware that he is seeing you. When you stand for prayer, imagine that you are standing in the presence of God and you can see him, not in his physical form, but in his glory and greatness. This creates a fear of greatness and power of God in the mind. The mind becomes careful not to do anything untoward at that time. If you cannot visualize God, believe as a minimum that he is watching you. He is fully aware of everything you are doing. Think hard. When you say Alhamdulillah, all praise belongs to Allah. When you say Alhamdulillah, all praise belongs to Allah. Does the condition of your heart affirm that spirit? Or is it engaged in some other thoughts altogether? If the mind is engaged in different directions, warn yourself and make your heart join what is being uttered by the tongue. The Holy Prophet says that any servant of God who offers two rakat with such devotion that he does not indulge in any kind of communication with the self is freed from all his sins. Imagine then the status of one who always remains in that state. To concentrate fully towards God during prayer is therefore not an ordinary matter. The methods which I have described to you with the grace of God should not be treated lightly. Act on them sincerely. If you do, you will be greatly blessed. At the conclusion of the prayer, we say the familiar Islamic greeting of Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. This is a wonderful indicator for maintaining concentration. You say Assalamu alaikum when you come from somewhere. When a Muslim says Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah at the conclusion of his prayer, he is stating that he had gone to express his obedience and servitude to God and has now returned. He is saying that he is bringing the message of peace and blessings for his fellow Muslims. Since he was always physically present at that place, the only meaning can be that his spirit was prostrating in the presence of God. He was so busy in the worship that he was cut off and absent from the world. Saying Assalamu Alaikum at the conclusion of prayer indicates that it is essential for a Muslim to be alert in safeguarding his prayer because he is, at that time, present in the court of God Almighty, who says about Muslims that, وَهُمْ عَلَىٰ صَلَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِظُونَ And they keep a watch over their prayer. Quran chapter 6 verse 93 Satan wants to disrupt their prayers, but vigilant Muslims safeguard their prayers from his attacks. Everybody should therefore guard his prayers. When you offer prayer, keep in mind that you have entered in the presence of God. When you return, you should give glad tidings to those to the right and those to the left that you have brought peace and blessings for them. But if someone has never gone to God's presence and has always remained engrossed in his own thoughts, he will be telling a big lie when he says, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. He is trying to tell people that he is returning from God, whereas he never went there. Make every effort to safeguard your prayers. Put up a strong resistance to Satan, for he is trying to keep you away from God. Remember that even in your entire prayer, even if your entire prayer is spent in a constant struggle and you do not yield to Satan, Allah will consider you present, present in his audience. But if you yield, he will let you go. Continue your struggle. You will succeed in the end. I stop at page 53.